Hello, Real Life family. It's good to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. And today we're going to be talking about relationships. We've been talking about relationships this whole year. Uh, and today I want to talk about our church relationships. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick things I wanted to let you know about. First of all, there's a great conference coming up called Man Up Conference uh, down in Cornerstone Church with Pastor uh, Tim Forstoff. And I, I want to invite you to go if you're a man and you got a son to take your son. Uh, this is a great conference to be inspired and encouraged to be men of God, to be great fathers, to be great husbands, and just to be great men of God together, worshiping God. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So check it out. It's March 4th and 5th. You can go to our app uh, or our website and you can register through that. And also I wanted to mention that we just came off of a great marriage conference last weekend. And uh, as kind of an overflow of that, on March 6th, 13th, and the 27th at Real Life Church at 11.45 following the service, we're going to be showing some extra videos from that conference to encourage and edify our marriages. So if you want to attend that, that'll be right after our morning service on the, those Sundays, March 6th, 13th, and the 27th and it's just about a half hour video so you can get some more enrichment for your marriage okay we want great healthy relationships that's why we've been talking about it so much uh, this starting this year today I want to talk about our church relationships how do we relate to each other in church through our faith and uh, what's really important about that because this is really critical for our um, health you know in especially our spiritual health is how we have these relationships with each other so let's start by John 13 35 Jesus said this is the hallmark of believers he says by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So a major witness of the church to the world is our love for one another. And relationships are really hard. We've been talking about relationships all year and they're really difficult, but they also are the source of our greatest experiences in life. They can also be the source of our deepest pain. And so we are trying to learn how to relate to one another better and healthier so that our lives are thriving relationally. So anyway, I want to share with, uh, with you a thought that I, I received from Pastor Tim and Rhonda Forstoff last week as they were special guests at our church. And they talked about how our relationships, we can have, we can be independent from each other, right? Where we can have two people, you know, not connected, independent from each other. Or we can have dependency where the two people are leaning on each other and they're totally dependent on one another. Or we can have interdependence. And interdependence is when you have two people who are strong and healthy and have ups and downs in life, but they're interlocked and they're supporting one another and encouraging one another. And there's mutual giving, mutual support, mutual love, mutual care, mutual input, right? And that's the healthy relationship that you want to have in your life is inter. Dependence, not independence, because we do need each other. We don't want to cut ourselves off one, one another. And we don't, don't want dependence where we're totally leaning on the other person because we're constantly struggling, constantly not taking responsibility for our own uh, health, our own soul. But we want to be strong and we want to be able to give and receive in an interdependent relationship. And that's what I want to invite you into as a church member, is to have this kind of uh, interdependence where you are receiving, but you're also giving. 
where you are a blessing, but you're also receiving blessing, right? And where we support and we're supported, where we are known and we know. And we serve one another. We love one another. We contribute to one another's lives. And, and that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today. The church, obviously, uh, is an organization, but it's really people, right? It's really you and me together. And the church is not necessarily designed to meet uh, people's needs who, who come in because the church is consistent, consisting of people, people. Yes, we try to meet each other's needs, but if we view the church as I go to the church to have all of those people meet all of my needs, that's not a healthy perspective, right? We are a part of this together, and we need to not just receive, but also give and grow together. So you are the church. I am the church. It's us, and we are here joined together by God to do life together successfully, to build his kingdom, to encourage each other, to build each other up. So there needs to be mutual support, mutual giving, mutual serving, mutual sharing, mutual celebrating, mutual grieving. We go through life ups and downs together and we grow strong together in the Lord. So um, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, when we come to church on uh, and worship, for instance, on Sundays, which you're watching this video, I encourage you to come to church as soon as you can. If you're watching because you miss church or because you're, you're not feeling safe, as soon as you can, it is so critical for you to come to church, uh, to come to the building, to come with people, because we need each other, okay? We need to have each other involved in our lives. It, it, that's how we have health. In our life. Isolation is not healthy. We need to be with other people. We have things to give and we need to receive at the same time. And so there's two things that I really think about when I think about coming to church. I come to church. We need to come to church hungry and thirsty for God, right? We come to meet with God for sure. We come to engage in his presence, to hear his voice, to be moved by his spirit, to be lifted by his word. And we come hungry and thirsty because we want God. We want to worship God. We want an, an encounter with God, right? But we also, also, not just come for ourselves, but we also come that God would move through us and be a blessing to other people. So we come ready and we come filled. We come with an overflowing spirit of the Holy Spirit in us to love, to, to care, to encourage, to inspire one another, right? That's the posture that we have as a church. That's how we relate to each other. We come to church to receive from God, to receive the word, to be encouraged and built up, and to give and to bless and to love and to serve. We do both. That's why it's so important for you to come and to be a part of a physical gathering of people. The word church comes from the word ecclesia in Greek, and it means to assemble. It means to gather together. So church really means the assembled or the gathering of God's people. And we need to come together so we can have relationships with each other and grow together in a healthy way. So there's two really relationships I want to focus on today. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, you are a chosen people. This is plural, right? We're talking to the, the church, the ecclesia, the gathered people of God. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation 
God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, When you come together, each of you, each of you, all of us, has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And everything must be done so that the church may be built up. We all are needed. We all have a part to play. And we all are coming together to honor and worship God together. And so as we do that, first of all, our relationship with one another is corporate. We have a corporate connection, okay? Because I don't know every single person that comes to our church personally, like intimately, great details of their lives. I don't know all of those details, but we have a corporate relationship together. We are all coming together, and what brings us together is a couple of things. First of all, we share Jesus is Lord. We come together and we all share the fact that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He is the head. We are the body. We all are in unity, understanding that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. So we come together under Jesus as Lord. We also all of us here physically come together because we're in a same geographical area. It's just a physical uh, location. Now, right now, you might be in another state watching this, might be far away, but we're, we're sharing this space together as well. But physically, when the church comes together, it's because people are close enough to do that. We're in the same geographical area. So we have a lot of the same kind of culture, don't we? But thirdly, we share a core spiritual DNA here at Real Life, we have a DNA, a spiritual DNA. We call it our core values. And there's lots of different churches in our area, but this particular church has a particular DNA that has resonated with the members here at Real Life. And I wanna just share some of those core values because this is how we relate together. We relate together under these five core values. First of all, we believe in the core value of love. And we describe this as see a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it. And we have rallied together under this core value, believing that love is really important and that we want to learn how to love and we want to love one another and people around us. You know, so the word in Hebrew for love, as I've preached here recently, is ahava. And in the center of that word is the word hav, which means to give in Hebrew. So love is giving. Love is the act of giving. And the ultimate act of living, uh, giving is to give your life. So love is us giving our life, our time, our energy to one another. And so we believe in that. God gave everything to us, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus is our model. Jesus died. The Bible says God demonstrated his love towards, uh, towards us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so he modeled this himself. He literally laid his life down to give us life out of love. And then he went to his, his uh, uh, disciples and said, now, John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And so Christ invites us into this shared core value of his 
to love one another. And in real life here at this church, we believe in that love and we're going to try to keep getting better at it. That's what binds us together. That's how we relate together. Another core value is scripture. We believe it, that this scripture, this Bible is the word of God and that our core value is to learn and live the truth. It's not enough just to learn it. We want to learn and live it. The benefit of the scripture of the word of God is when we put it into practice, it brings life to us and freedom to us. And so we study to learn to do so that we can thrive at living, right? This is a core value. This is how we relate to each other. We believe in the word of God. We believe in love. Uh, James 1.21 says, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. The word of God put into practice saves us, delivers us. It says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Of course, I, I always think about Jesus' parable of the foolish man and the wise man and the storms that came raging. And the house of the foolish man came crashing down because he didn't build his house on the rock. He didn't put the word of God into practice in his life. So Jesus says, listen, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And that rock stood firm, even though the same storms raged around him. His life did not come crashing down because he was built on the principles of God's word. And so we share that together as well. Also, a third one is the Spirit of God. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we want to, we strive to live spirit-filled and spirit-directed lives. Instead of self selfish lives, pride-driven lives, ego-driven lives. We want to live by the Spirit of God who leads us into truth. And so we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 to 17, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And so we believe that. So part of our church's culture and relating relationship together is based on the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit filling us, directing us, overflowing in us. And this really is about living a relationship lifestyle with God, not some religious observance, right? It's so we're, we're not a religious people. We're spiritual people, right? We are walking in relationship with God, not trying to follow some religious rules or something. And that's part of how we relate to each other, okay? Fourthly, we believe in freedom. And freedom is healing from hurts and pains and brokenness in our lives and replacing the wrong lies, the wrong labels, and pain and brokenness with freedom, with healing, with, with Christ's identity in us. So with freedom comes fullness and fruitfulness, a, a life that is full of life, and full of fruit, okay? The more of Jesus in me, the less of me, the more of Jesus, the more freedom and the more fruitful and the more full my life is going to be. And we relate to each other on this, on this realm. We desire freedom for one another and in each other. And we want to be a part of that process because we reproduce who we are. And if we're broken, if we're bound, if we're hurt, we're going to reproduce hurt or bondage or brokenness. But if we're free, if we're full of life, full of Jesus, we're going to reproduce that life, that love, 
that joy, that freedom in one another. So freedom from bondage and hurt allow us to reproduce Christ around us. Jesus said this in John 8, 31 and 32, If you hold to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, in verse 36, Jesus says, you will be free indeed. And we believe that Jesus can heal us, he can change us, he can transform us through his word and his spirit, and we can live free lives. And so that's who we are. And fifthly, our fifth core value I want to talk about is excellence. We relate to each other on the, on the value of excellence. We believe excellence is not perfectionism, but it is our way of worshiping God, right? Everything that we do, <clears throat> excuse me, is an act of worship because um, excellence, it inspires people, but it honors God. And the breath that we've been giving, given by God himself, is now our opportunity to take that breath and be a steward of it in the way that we live. So everything that we do is worship. Therefore, everything we do should be done to the glory of God. The Bible says, you know, whatever you do in Colossians 3.23, whatever it is, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, right? So we are worshiping God by working hard at everything that we put our hands to. And so these core values um, that I just shared with you, our passion about love, the scripture, the spirit, freedom, and this right here, excellence. This is how we relate to as a corporate you know, group of, of gathered people. And we also have a common calling together. So we are relating as a group, right, with this, these common, this common uh, cause and these common core values. And our cause is that we are the body of Christ. And that though we are many different parts, we serve one head who is Jesus. And we've come together because we are being built together for God's glory. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, we're being built into a spiritual house. God has a purpose for all of us gathering together. There is a kingdom to be built. There are souls to be saved. There are lives to be transformed. And God has assembled all of us, different parts together, under a corporate head called Real Life, to do a work on the earth that will advance eternity and impact heaven. This is where it's really cool. So we're relating together. And I think of it like this, a couple of different analogies. Um, some words I want to share with you. You know, we're kind of like a family. Uh, we're like a team. We're like an orchestra. And this is how God is calling us to be together. Um, there's no Lone Rangers in the kingdom of God. Occasionally, I'll talk with someone who uh, says, well, I'm spiritual, but I don't go to church. Uh, and I understand what they're saying. They've been burned by religion. They've been offended or they've been hurt by people. But it's unbiblical to do your faith as a lone ranger. You, you just can't. There, there's just too many verses in the Bible that talks about us doing life together, loving each other, serving each other. And I'll give you a list here in a few minutes of some of those verses. But we need each other. We are not to be doing our faith by ourselves. First of all, that's very selfish. 
you know, if all we're doing is just receiving, 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 that's, that's not how God designed you. He designed you to be blessed, to be a blessing. And you're only doing half of what God wants you to do. Of course, he wants you to learn from him and grow from him and mature in him and, and develop this great, strong faith. But it's for a purpose. And it's bigger than just you feeling okay about yourself or you being healthy. It's for you to be a light, for you to shine, for you to be an extension of his hand of blessing, for you to be an extension of his voice on the earth, to touch other people, to impact other people, to build other people up through what he's doing in you, through his spirit in you. So we need each other. And every Christian is called to be uh, a part of a body, right? We are all called to be a part of a body, to be planted in a local church for us to grow, serve, and flourish. All right? There's no benched believers, okay? No spectators in the kingdom. We are all participants. We are all in this together. For our mutual benefit, we need to have each other a part of what's going on. So when we come together, I just want to share this with you. There's kind of four things I want to say about what are we doing on a Sunday morning. When we come together, it's very important. Please come as soon as you're able to come. It's so important for us to be physically together. But first of all, because we want to encounter the presence of God, we bring our worship. We bring our worship. We don't come to worship. We bring worship. Okay? This is not the worship team's responsibility because I, you, all of us are on the worship team. We are the worshipers. And so we bring an attitude of thanksgiving and worship with us when we gather together. We're not going to spectate. We're not going to wait for someone to lead us in worship. We are bringing worship. So bring your worship. Secondly, because we want the Holy Spirit to move through us toward one another, we come full and overflowing in the Holy Spirit. We come ready to give. We come ready to let the Holy Spirit move through us. This is not the elder's job. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we pray, we prepare, and we expect the Holy Spirit to move through us when we gather together uh, and we share time together. So when we assemble, everyone's coming full of the Holy Spirit, ready for the Holy Spirit to move through them to bless and encourage and pray for and build up and release the gifts of the Holy Spirit to one another. That's why we gather together. Okay? Thirdly, because we want to grow in our knowledge of the truth, we come hungry and thirsty for the Word of God. We come wanting more of God's Word, and we are going to listen and grow in that. This is not the pastor's job. You are God's letter. God is writing His Word on your heart, right? And so when we come together, we, we study, take notes, meditate on the Word of God. We're listening. We're, we're applying uh, the Word of God to our lives. And so we come hungry. We come thirsty. We don't come passively. We come ready to learn, ready to grow, ready to listen, ready to apply. And fourthly, because we want new people to come to Jesus and find a church family, we invite and pray for new people to come and get saved every week. And this is not our social media's job, right? It's not just our computer invitations or Facebook invitations to come. You are Jesus's witness. We're the church. The church is people. The church isn't a website. The church isn't a building. It's people. And so when we gather together, we come and we bring our worship. 
right? We are coming filled with the Holy Spirit. We are coming hungry for God's word and we are bringing people with us. We're the ones that are witnessing to the world that Jesus is alive in us. We are the mouthpieces of God. And so I want to challenge you to invest your time into outside relationships and invite others uh, that you have have rubbed shoulders with, invite them into our family, our spiritual family. So my summary on our corporate relationship is this, and especially coming to church, bring your worship, come full of the Holy Spirit, be hungry for the word of God, and invite others to join our family. This is our corporate um, purpose. We're building each other up. We're worshiping God. We're hungry. We're growing. We're seeking freedom and love and scripture and spirit and excellence, but we're also reaching people and spreading that, that witness of God's love to other people. So we have this corporate responsibility when we gather together to defer to the benefit of the whole, not just ourselves. So we are like an orchestra, as I mentioned earlier. We're like an orchestra in our worship, right? Everyone coming together, no one's sticking out for attention. Anytime worship begins to draw attention to a person other than Jesus, it's just out of order. It's because we are coming together, all of us, in unison to worship Jesus, right? To worship God. We're like a family in our compassion. Everyone is important and we care for each other. Now, I don't know everyone equally, but I care for each one. We all care for each person, whoever walks in these doors, right? We are a family. We see ourselves as a family. And finally, we are like a team in our ministry, all pulling toward a common goal, not serving our own interests. You know, we all might be all stars in our own little niche, but we have a common goal. We are relating to each other by God, bringing us together under these core values with this corporate mission. And God has a goal in mind for us together. We all complement that common goal. And each one of us has a unique role and contribution to make. And it's all towards that common goal. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So this is about when we gather together, what is God wanting to do for the common good of all of us? Now, of course, God speaks to us personally. He moves upon us personally, but also God is speaking to us corporately and calling us corporately to build his kingdom, to build his kingdom. There's always these two different facets of our, of our spiritual life that are going on at the same time. Our personal draw on God and our corporate awareness of what God is doing. Our personal need for God and His Word and His ministry and His healing, but also the corporate identity that God has upon us that we are also healing together and healing one another. We're also receiving and listening and hearing and growing together. There's those two facets because God's building us into a spiritual house, right? And we're living stones. So each stone is alive. Each one of us has a personal part in that, but we are also part of that whole. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Okay? Now, all of that being said, I want to transition just for a few minutes as I begin to kind of go towards the end of this message about our personal relationships in church. So we had this corporate relationship, right, where I might know people's names, I might know a little bit about them, but I don't have a deep personal relationship with every person at real life because it's impossible. I can't do it and I'm not supposed to do it. But you know what? I need a few like that and you need a few like that. 
So if you're just coming to church and all you have is the corporate relationship and you don't have the personal, deeper relationships, you need to pursue and invest in a few deeper, stronger, more personal relationships. You need that. You need that in your life. Our personal relationships need to have the following qualities, okay? I just got four things here. Number one, they're deeper. In other words, they're at a soul level. They're not at the surface level. They're at the heart level where you are open and intimate about your life and what's really going on on the inside of your life, your heart, your emotions, your feelings, your issues, okay? These kind of relationships you need to have at a soul level. Number two, they're more frequent. In other words, you're doing life together. It's not just, oh, I'll see you on Sunday and then you go six days and then I'll see you tomorrow and you see him again once a week for 45 minutes while someone else is talking or something else is going on. No, no, no. That's not this kind of relationship. This is a personal relationship where you have connections throughout the week. Maybe it's a text or a phone call or maybe you're doing something together. It's a deeper, more frequent relationship where you're doing life together. Number three, that they're mutually supportive. In other words, you're there for them, they're there for you. In the ups and downs in the flow of life, you've got friends that are there for you. People that know you, care about you, and walk through life with you. And finally, they're mutually accountable. That you have a voice in their life and they have a voice in your life. That you can listen and take advice, you can be corrected, you can be rebuked, you can be encouraged, and that person's voice matters to you. You listen to them and they listen to you. You need these kind of relationships. Deeper, more frequent, accountable, and supportive, okay? The Bible, as I mentioned earlier, has all kinds of verses about how we are to relate to one another. I'm just going to rip off a bunch of them really quick. I've done this before, but I'm just going to say them again. So love one another. The Bible says for us to love one another in John 13, 34. To be devoted and to honor one another in Romans 12, 10. To live in harmony with one another, Romans 12, 16. To accept one another, Romans 15, 7. It says here in 1 Corinthians 1.10, agree with one another in what you say, that there may be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Encourage one another, 2 Corinthians 13.11. Build each other up, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Do good and share with each other. Hebrews 13, 16. Do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased to do good, to share, to serve one another. Galatians 5, 13. To be humble, to be gentle, to be patient with one another. Ephesians 4, 2. To submit to one another, to spur one another on, to carry one another's burdens. Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. The Bible is filled with relationship principles for you and me to relate to one another. So we need these kinds of relationships. Now you may be wondering, oh, I yeah, I'm, off. I'm fine, I'm good. Let me ask you a couple questions, okay? Questions to find out if you have these kinds of relationships in your life. So be honest with yourself and answer these questions, yes or no. Or just not really yes or no questions, but if you can answer these questions. First of all, if I became sick, if you became sick or went to the hospital, who would you tell? Do you have someone in mind? If, if you were contemplating changing your job, 
or moving, who would you bounce that idea off of? Is there someone that you would talk to about that? If you were having a bad day and just needed to be encouraged, is there someone you would text or call? And if you needed advice on a relationship, who would you ask? So let me ask you this. If you can't think of any non-member family, okay? If you can't think of any non-member family to answer these questions, like you might say, oh, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. Listen, that's great to have family like that. But if you can't think of any non-member family that you would go to to talk about these things, to get encouraged, to be built up, then you don't have those kind of relationships and you need to begin to invest in those kinds of relationships. And it's scary, but you need to do it if you want to be healthy. We need to have not just the corporate connections, okay, where, where there's, the big, there's the big goals that we share together, the core values that we share together, and that's great, and I love that, but we also need the small, personal, intimate, accountable, day-in, day-out life relationships with one another, okay? So my summary here for these kind of relationships is go deeper, do life together, support one another, and have a voice. You need to have a voice, and you need to listen to a voice in your life when you're going through struggles. That's the gift of relationships for us in the church. I hope this message has blessed you. I want to bless you now. And first and foremost, if, you want, if you're watching this message, I got good news for you about Jesus. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And he wants you in a relationship with him. The greatest relationship you'll ever have is your relationship with Jesus. He is our Savior. He's our Lord. He came to save us out of our sin, out of our brokenness. He came to give us new life. And God did this because He wants to spend eternity with you. Did you know that? God created you to be with Him, in relationship with Him forever, that you would experience His love. If you want to get right with God today, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you that you love me, you're for me. You came to save me by giving your life to give me life. Jesus, I declare today that you are my Lord and I surrender my life to you and receive your forgiveness for all my sins. And pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to live this new life, this abundant life in you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for living in me. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that your relationship with God is strong. I hope you have strong and healthy relationships with other people. And I just want to encourage you to just continue to, to develop those relationships around you. Continue to uh, seek God first and to seek to love one another. That's the hallmark of our Christianity. May you be blessed with great relationships. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. I love you. God loves you. I hope to see you soon. God bless.